0: It's time to start living a spiritual AF life. Get cozy. The conversation is starting now. Welcome back to the Spiritual AF Life podcast. Today, we have a very special guest joining us, Joanna, and you may know her as a co-author of the Food Healing Oracle Deck, but today we are not talking about that deck and we are diving right into lots of interesting facts about the Akashic Records so whether or not you know all about the records or maybe you are you know, someone who is very well versed, you are going to be learning something new from Joanna today and if you don't know about her, she was actually given the name Healer of Hearts over 25 years ago, long before she truly stepped into her spirit led journey and since then she has followed her path of healing her own heart and has Dived deep into many ways of being service to others. Joanna is a certified spiritual director as well as an Akashic record consultant and is trained in shamanic healing and is a cranial sacral therapist. And don't worry if you get tongue-tied with that, because she definitely goes over that. And wow, that was really interesting. Anyways, she loves to teach as well as to write and is the co-author of the Food Healing Oracle Deck and the Second. And helpings deck, as well as the co author of Smoothies Nourishing Wisdom Beyond the Blend. That is a really, really great, like, smoothie book that goes along with those card decks. I will have them linked in the bio below. And her latest offering, just so you know, is Teaching Advanced Vibrational Healing for Health and Wellness. So, as you can tell, and what you will learn about her, is that she has her hands in a lot of different spiritual modalities, and has been basically doing this like her whole life almost. You will learn all about it, and definitely for almost as long as my life. So she is definitely one who has a lot of wisdom to share, and you are going to be leaving with so much more knowledge and so much more amazingness, and if you want to keep in touch with Joanna, all of her links will be in the show notes, so let's get right to it. Hey, Joanna, thank you so much for coming
1: and chatting with us today. I cannot tell you what a thrill this is, Heather. I mean, just to even spend some time with you and um, and talking about one of my favorite subjects. Yeah, definitely. Great day. I,
0: we need to like dive right into that. So it is called the Akashic Records. Akashic. <laughs> Akashic Records. Okay, Akashic Records. Now, for those who don't understand what it is, can you give us a little bit of what it
1: is? So the Akashic Records, um, I like to, it is described as a vast library in the ethers. You know, there's kind of like this little you know, thing going on that it's in the fifth dimension, or it's higher than the fifth dimension, but it is this library that is a recording, a record of every incarnation we have had, every thought, every word, every experience that we have, um, had in all of our incarnations, and it is recorded in this library. I, I know this might sound a little woo-woo to some people, but I was actually after about, I've been doing the records. I've been certified as an Akashic Record reader for 12 years now, but uh, about six years in, I was receiving this healing from somebody. I was on their table receiving this healing, and they actually brought me up into the library, my guides, and I got to see... Exactly what it was, feel how it was. And it's actually vast volumes of books, but they're not the kind of books that you would pull off your bookcase. They're holographic. So I just was guided to sit down and I saw this book floating towards me. And that's all I had to do was put my hand on top of the book and I could see. I could see the lessons that I had to learn, I could see the experiences that I had. And even though this happened in probably earth time in a very brief way, it was so mind blowing to me. And the thing that I that I came away with was the vast amount of love, the vast amount of absolute unconditional love for the journey that we all take here, you know, and we live these lives and it's this dense energy and we're ri- raising our vibration as much as we possibly can here while being in these dense bodies. But we have so much love surrounding us for our journey. And oh so a- a- after you experience that, it's like, I, I maybe it can be compared to the love, Uh, of a loving mother who is healed a healed loving mother you know because some of our mother's love isn't so awesome (laughs) yes but like what you would like what you would think that like a mother's love would right like just being enfolded and held in sacred space with no judgment with no expectations just being held like that And so whenever I have the opportunity to open the records, I feel that for my clients. I feel that surrounding um, this container that um, is being held and it's such a beautiful thing. Oh my right. gosh,
0: Okay, there's so many questions, if you don't mind, because I feel like we yeah. have to like unravel like everything that you were just talking about. So first off, you said that you went to this library of the records. And where is it located? Like, it, it's not obviously in a physical plane, right? It is, is it on the other side? Do you go to here during meditation? Is it like one of those areas?
1: Yeah, yeah, you can. And a lot of people access it through dream time, and don't even know it. So I was, I'll go backwards a little bit before and then I'll answer your question. But when I was a little girl, we moved into this house and I grew up in New Jersey and we grew up and I moved into this house and I was a Nancy Drew freak. I don't know. You might be too young for Nancy Drew, but I was a Nancy Drew freak and read every book that I could get my hands on, always bugging my mom to go to the library so I could get Nancy Drew books. And so it made me kind of think of everything as uh, uh, as a mystery to be solved.
0: You know, like I was kind
1: of like a sleuth in my younger, I'm talking nine and 10 and, and 11. And so we moved into this house and up in this house was an attic and one day the stairs were down because it was old school you know where you have to pull the stairs down and I went up there to explore to see if there was anything that I could um uh that I that would be a, a, something to solve right about the previous owner oh. And I go up there and there was this old trunk. I mean, like you can't make this stuff up, right? This old trunk. And I remember going up to it and just being full of anticipation with my Nancy Drew sleuthing mind and opened it up and there was all these books. Well, me as a lover of books, love spending time in libraries, went and started to, you know, I started looking at these books. And in that trunk was books by Edgar Casey. And so, are you serious right now? At 10 and 11 years old, I started reading Edgar Cayce and found out about the Akashic Records. Now, I always think back of that time as being very divine in my spiritual growth, even though I didn't know it for years and years and years. But that is what my original um, knowledge of the Akashic Records were.
0: Okay, we have to stop right there because I'm not sure if everybody understands like how incredibly crazy this is happening because of out of all the books that could have been in that chest, you are actually saying that there was... Edgar Casey books in there that you where you could learn about him and things like that, who is known as a sleeping prophet, who has right. a center for enlightenment down in Virginia. He is one of the trailblazers, like basically in the spiritual community. Like he is like a trans, like medium. Like my mind is blown right now. Yeah, so exactly. you was this like one of your first um experiences with the spiritual world? Like, like is that how you learned about it? Like, well, during- yeah.
1: I mean, you know, of course, I was in Catholic school at the time. And so, you know, of 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 course, you know, Catholicism has that mysticism, blood, the blood of Jesus, you know, the wine, the blood, the bread, the body, you know, that was kind of mystical, right? But no, there were other books in that trunk. You know, there were some racy books. Lady Chatterley's Ooh. Lover was in there, and and oh, there was a no one.
0: the very first one you said was Edgar Casey. So that one should have that one stood out. So to me, I, like that was planting a seed within you, and that just it did plant a seed.
1: I had a very volatile childhood, you know. So like you know, many people did and um, Norman Vincent Peel, The Power of Positive Thinking. That was the first book that I gravitated to, and then because I was a reader and I couldn't get my hands on my favorite books all the time, I just, even if I didn't understand them, and Edgar Casey amazed me because I was always a vivid dreamer, still am, and the fact that Edgar Casey, as the sleeping prophet would go to sleep and have all these downloads and be able to read for people, especially the medical part and all of that. I mean, it, he was the grandfather of that possibility that we can all do that. I don't yeah. ever think it's designated to just one person, I think that we all have that capability. Yes, and I
0: was able to go to ARE, you know, Association Association yes. of Research and Enlightenment in um in Virginia, and they have all of his books, like everything that has written while he was sleeping, and he channeled channeled while sleeping, and it is so intricate, like I can't even understand it, and like I was in my thirty, I was like thirty something years old and couldn't even understand it. But now here's one thing that I don't know about him, and I don't know if you can um, help us out a little bit. I don't understand his association um, with the Akashic records, and pardon me if I keep on pronouncing it wrong, you know how you get used to pronouncing it one way, but yeah, so how does he
1: relate to that? Well, that's what he was uh, accessing. Oh, see, I never knew that. He was accessing uh, Akasha. Akasha is the place of where the Akashic records are held, and it is in the fifth dimension or higher So when I went up into the records, when they brought me up into the records, they explained to me that it's not just on one dimension, like when I'm tapping in for a client, depending on their, it's a very question based, it's almost like, you know, when you're raising a child, and that Five-year-old asked you where babies come from. You're going to respond to them in the understanding that they have, right? Mm. Same is true with Akashic reading. The questions that a client asked is going to be responded to in a way that is their understanding, right? And so when I tap into the records, and it's uh, and I'm tapping into that fifth dimension. Um, with people asking, you know, uh, regular questions, what is my purpose? You know, why am I in a relationship with this? How come my mother it was that, you know, those kind of questions. But when I get clients that ask me, what star seed was I? How, how did I incarnate on earth? What was my family like on Sirius or Palladi, you know, Pleiades or wherever? Like some people want to know some really um more involved I don't know higher higher minded questions then it feels like the dimension like it just feels that way that I'm going up in higher dimensions to answer those kind of questions
0: oh and I'm so sorry there's so much to like unpack here it's just so I don't know trying to wrap our mind around it it's a
1: vast subject you know it really is so many so many things to explore
0: Did I interrupt you when you were trying to do your story? Because I was just so like engrossed in the fact that there was an Edgar Casey book in there. So what did that do? I guess like what is like the ending to that story? Where when you saw the chest, and is that what just opened your mind up to all the different possibilities? And then you started learning about Edgar Casey and his work.
1: I started. Well, you know, remember I'm like probably ten or eleven years old. So my capacity to really understand uh grew as I grew right and I kept those books for a very long time don't know where they are now but I have so many Edgar Casey books here but none of them are those original <laughs> books there were there had to be at least three or four of them I, I think there was four of them and um I what it did in hindsight looking back was open me up to a world that I did not know existed beyond my own physicality, right? That is probably the first thing. And I went down, you know, I was a child of the 60s and, you know, went into the world of psychedelics and things like that. And always kind of correlated my experiences with um with those kind of medicines that they're now referred to, you know um with opening up those channels to those other dimensions, even though it wasn't until I was in my uh early 40s that I actually began to put it into practice. So it was just this journey, you know, that you And I just want to say as a comment
0: really quick, because I did not know that about you, you know, until you're in your early 40s. And I think that so many people think that, you know, oh, I'm in my 30s, I'm in my 40s, I'm in my 50s, I'm in my 60s, I don't even care, 70s, like, I don't think it's ever too late. And it's like, oh, no, like, I'm already too old. It's like, no, I think that I didn't open up into into all the spiritual stuff. I think I started like my seizures was at 28. But you think Mm -hmm. about it, there's time with meditation and getting to know things. So for my psychic and mediumship development, that didn't happen until I was in my early 30s and i'm still only 39 so it's not like it was that like far away so i love that you um shared those little details with us because i feel like many of us feel like we're too old or whatever like because we always hear stories about people having these experiences when they're five and six years old and it's like just because you had those doesn't mean that
1: you were just all of a suddenly now like you know like you know i think the souls coming in now are probably maybe more leaning that way as we have evolved right and our DNA has evolved Uh, so yeah I think people are coming into that awareness maybe from the time of their birth or whatever because I have met some unbelievable souls that are 18 19 20 and they are already so uh advanced you know in their in their spiritual awareness you know? I'm
0: starting to notice that, too, because there's been yeah. a lot more people opening up at a much like younger age. I get a lot of messages, too, being like, how to help my child who's intuitive, who is sensitive, who is seeing things. And it's like, wow, like it, it really is. It's like that third wave, I believe they say, of coming in to really help our planet. Oh. Oh my
1: gosh. Beautiful, right? It's so beautiful. When I get somebody that comes in, like because Akashic Records, of course, isn't all what I do. I'm a craniosacral therapist and I work a lot with trauma and PTSD. And uh, there's so much anxiety in the world for young people. And so I'll have a parent bring in their 13 or 14 year old. And they're like, I have crystals all over my house, of course, and they're like am- amazed at the crystals and they, they want to touch them. And, um, I, 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 mean, I see, uh, children from age zero all the way, you know, all the way up. And you said um, you're what kind of therapist? Craniosacral therapist. What, what is that? So craniosacral therapy is a very light touch uh, close-on therapy that helps the body to release um, energetic cyst or helps the body to come into homeostasis. It works for pain, TMJ, migraines, but it also works for those hidden emotions that are within the body system. Uh, we work with the central nervous system and the cerebral spinal fluid. And we—it's its like five grams of pressure, so the weight of a nickel it is very non-invasive, but uh, invasive. But what happens when you uh, you get that fluid to be balanced within the cranium and spine? There seems to be this—we uh, call it unwinding. Everything unwinds in the nervous system, and the body gets to relax. I tell my clients, it's like. Uh, a vacate a week's vacation in an hour session that's how the body receives it so relax you actually
0: touch the patients and that oh, helps
1: yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: i never even heard of this
1: before oh, is this really?
0: more like scientific based or is it more woohoo based no no curious. this is
1: scientific based this is was developed by an osteopath uh physician back in the day dr Upledger, which is where i'm trained by uh and from um and oh there's all kinds of documentation on what uh craniosacral therapy and the benefits of it are you know so wow
0: and I have to tell you and I think that everything happens for a reason like I feel like divine timing everything happens so I feel like this is not just learning about this isn't just for me but somebody else who is listening right now because I have went through a lot of trauma in my life and I went through a lot of like even like sexual abuse physical abuse all that kinds of stuff Mm. and recently I have been thinking about the five love languages if you ever heard of them you know is it physical touch is your love language words of affirmation have you ever heard of that it's called the five love languages yes I was talking with my husband one day because he's the only one that can tickle me but I realized though once he tickles me he can only do it one time and he can't do it after that And I'm like, man, it's so crazy that if he catches me off guard, it'll tickle for just one second. And then all of a sudden it'll stop. And I was like, honey, I think that I, my body has PTSD from the being touched. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think that my love language is words of affirmation. I think it's physical touch. But because of my trauma and everything that I have went through, I never allowed my body to be vulnerable enough again to be able to accept physical touch. So yeah. for the past few weeks, I have been actually working on like, it's almost like, you know, Bella in Twilight, how she has like the block and the shield up. I've been trying to go ahead and release my shield because once I started paying attention to that, I can realize that anytime my husband touches me, even, you know, even like not like just throughout the day, you know, like casually, I will realize that my body will tense up with his touch. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Heather, it's okay, chill. And I have to like almost like start like healing myself. I didn't even know I was doing that, but then I could feel my body tense up right before I realized that I'm being touched. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought... Mentally, I have healed from it. Mentally, I don't have any emotions around my trauma, but it's like my body still has it. Does that make sense to you from what oh, you yeah, understand? Yeah, it's that
1: somatic response, right? So I it, it, within the craniosacral system, I do uh, somato-emotional release work. And that is getting that trauma from the body that we're not even aware of. People will say, I've done my work. I've been to therapy. I've done the journaling and the this and the that. And it's like, okay, but it's still in your body. The cells of our body carry everything, right? Every experience, The cells of our body are like the Akashic Records. They're holding everything. They're holding the ancestors' pain and experience as well as our own. That's why it's so important for us to heal because when we do, our, when we are able to release that trauma, release that um these emotional cysts from our body we're not only healing ourselves we're healing the lineage and that's part of our job right to come here and i you know how designated drivers for when you're out drinking well we're all designated healers of our lineage if we choose to take on the mantle of that right so as you become aware and i always say that awareness that you have like all of a sudden you're like oh wow i'm aware that i must have some body trauma because of my reactions and responses to touch that is the beginning of your system saying it's ready to heal it oh my gosh you have the awareness unless you were ready to heal it
0: now in that Heart. are you talking about ready to heal not just within my life being who I am right now but through like my whole I'm ready to heal almost like that lineage um trauma
1: mm-hmm. start starting with the first layer of course starting with you and then bringing in the ancestors to, to that healed space right so okay. it's just it's very um, it's the, I always say that it's the most important work that that we are here to do is yes. to heal. And it, it
0: seems like such a big job. Like when you it's were talking about job. it, it's like, oh my God, like this is, right. this is like a lot of pressure, but I love how you said first layer right. deal with you in this lifetime. Okay. That's Don't be thinking right. about all of your ancestors no, and be be thinking, thinking of all this pressure that. on your shoulders. No,
1: no, that's not, no, that's not, that's not, you know, uh, it's not about putting pressure or, oh my God, I have to heal this because you're healing seven generations back and you're healing seven generations forward. That's a big job, right? So the only thing that we can do is be mindful and present to our own experience. And that's where coming back to the Akashic records can really help you because that's where the masters and teachers really want your uh, awareness and focus to be what do I need to know in this lifetime so that I can be whole and healed and complete and thereby doing the work for not only the ancestors in my uh, biological lineage but the ancestors of every lifetime I've ever lived I mean it's vast right so there's two lineages that biological grandparents great grandparents etc from this incarnation and then you have another lineage that's all the lifetimes you've ever lived and all the families and so it becomes a collective experience right so you're healing yourself you're becoming more aware and more complete and then you um you are maybe not automatically, but you are bringing all of that healing to bear, which includes the collective. That's why, you know, spiritual teachers will tell us, you know, that's all you have to do is focus on healing yourself because that heals the world. That's where that comes from. Wow.
0: Yes. And so it's no coincidence too, that you might be dealing with a lot of the same things that your biological lineage has done but then you also um people who are dealing with that exact same issue like they gravitate towards you or you see some people you know you're always attracting other people that maybe went through the same thing or something along those lines because it's like we're all like healing together almost
1: yeah there's a resonance right so we resonate to people That are on our same frequency and vibration. And so we feel part of the tribe, like, oh, that's a kindred. I can really relate to that person, right? But then there's the other resonance, the wounded resonance. We're resonating with somebody's wounds. That's why people who meet their mate or meet their partner, that relationship becomes toxic because they came together with unhealed wounds attracting each other rather than their healed selves attracting each other. Big difference. Like, he was my soulmate. He was my twin soul. How did it become so toxic? Well, maybe he was a soulmate to be a mirror to show you where your wounding is you know, and maybe those wounds uh, just kind of just said, oh, you have the same wounding it because so many times we'll see a partner together and they've both come from broken families or they both have had similar childhoods, you know, and they, their wounds attract them to one another. Now they can heal together that doesn't say that that does have to turn toxic they can heal together but again it takes awareness it takes mindfulness it takes you know commitment to do that work um apply both parts i would assume on both parts has to be both parts on both parts yeah. yeah that
0: totally makes sense i think i mean i think a lot of us can think back on some of the relationships and be like yep completely <laughs> and then like i remember with my husband he has a completely 180 different upbringing than mine Like mine was crazy and just colorful and his was just stable as a rock. He is 1000% different than me. it's like so funny, like, I'm not sure if you know about this, but it's like, we go through so many different books and spiritual stuff and spiritual beliefs, and we learn about all these things. And whenever I bring up the concept to my husband, he was like, oh yeah, he already knows it. It's like, he's already like that Yoda. And I'm like, now I know why you were sent in my life because I needed something to help me because sometimes I think like oh my gosh Heather would you even still be alive you know just because of how you know you beat yourself up and how you just I don't know unless you get into spiritual stuff like spirituality saved me I know that for for a certain like it got me much more healthier and happier and that's the reason why that you know I created this podcast and do things like this is because it's like okay gotta get this way guys if you want to get healthier and happier did that happen for you um, when you started going down your spiritual journey?
1: So at age 39, my brother committed suicide and um, I had an experience before he died that really woke me up. I want to say woke up something within me because it was a month before he died. We had gathered with the family to have a barbecue. And as my husband and I were in bed that night, I just was overcome with grief like just started sobbing and it was such a beautiful day which it just seemed such a a contradiction, right of feeling this incredible grief and my husband said, well babe, what's wrong? And I said, I, I don't have any idea I can't stop crying And uh, I said, I just feel like somebody is the next time we meet, one of us will not be here. And he said, well, who do you think that is? And I said, maybe my dad. My dad smoked a lot of cigarettes, drank a lot. And, you know, he was, of course, the obvious one, right? And it was about a month, five weeks later that my brother committed suicide. And um, I realized that I was given that insight to help me to prepare And there's lots of stories like that since then. But that was the first time I actually felt um, the the hands of my angels or the hands of the Holy Spirit just giving me information, right? I didn't ask for it. I didn't want it. It just was there. That, of course, at that point, I was um, going to church, Catholic church. I was baptized and raised in the Catholic church, went to Catholic school for a time, and so um, decided to just, you know, join in with uh, with a couple of uh, groups that were ongoing. This one group was Christ Renews His Parish. It was a six-month formation group. I don't want to get too much into that, but suffice it to say that that really started me on a path that has led up to this. Each, each, each time, each, each step of the way, I was guided, like it was my parish priest, Father Sean Mulcahy, who sent me to Carolyn Mace uh, for four days, then he sent me to Barbara Brennan, who for those in the audience that doesn't, doesn't know, or maybe you don't know, is hands of light, emerging light, healer who had a school in New York at that time probably this was back in uh 19 in the 1990s okay 1990 wow yeah and so he told me that I was a healer and I didn't know what he was talking about at that point and he said I'm going to send you to some places because I want you to it was almost like God spoke to him for me Um, I was already in St. Thomas University for Spiritual Direction. That was a three-year certification program. I was already doing that. And then after the Barbara Brennan experience, where I was visited by these tall golden angels, um, that I started taking classes in Healing Touch. So that was another. So each step took me further so I was taking classes I was about to finish it's a you can take it in any amount of time but there's four levels and I was just at my fourth level to be able to finish when my husband died in a boating accident he was 49 years old and so I had that beautiful background of spirituality and faith in god and not that it was absolutely devastating i had a 13 year old still living at home and um but that took me to a whole nother level and i ended up wanting to do my healing work full-time and of course living in the state of florida you have to be licensed so i became uh, a licensed massage therapist hence craniosacral therapy hence everything led to something else and when I look back on this journey for the last 20 some years it kind of even blows my mind you know but I go into my own records um and I know that this was by design you know by design so how do you question that you know Yeah, I still do because I'm obstinate and rebellious <laughs> I still question yes like why but um but knowing that this was definitely uh, why I was incarnated as me in this lifetime in this time you know to do my gosh
0: yes because what I'm getting from this too is because I feel like I completely underestimated the records I feel like maybe many of us who you know have a little bit of knowledge of them kind of underestimate them because I feel like everything you've talked about really encompasses them because it talks about all of your past life it talks about all this life every single motion every single thing that you have ever been through every single thing that you will go through that's kind of like you kind of hinted at that you're like even future things Mm -hmm. but Now, how do we get there? Do we have help with someone like you that can facilitate the journey or can you do the journey for us?
1: Well, what happens is uh, in my training, I was given a pathway prayer and this pathway prayer gets us up into the records. So if somebody comes and sees me, like I had clients yesterday, you know, I sit down, we talk for a bit. First of all, I have to send them information of how to prepare there's a preparation for the records, no recreational drugs or alcohol for 24 hours, there's some guidelines, right, they have to sign a paper, you know, it's pretty formal, it's more formal than like going to somebody for a card reading, and then um, I bring them in a guided meditation, and I open the records with the pathway prayer, and then once I'm in the records, um, I'll get information, but basically it's question-led, so they have already known that they come with their questions Mm. of what they want to know and the masters and teachers um almost always answer every question but if you're wanting information that cannot be revealed especially if it comes to somebody else's journey right Mm. and they also don't take you too far into the future because they're all about present moment. They're all about present lifetime, present moment. So they'll tell you a past life because it still is something you're working through in your present lifetime, but they won't necessarily linger there unless, I mean, it's so interesting to me, Heather, that every single reading is different. Every single like there's a different vibe there's different guides that come in sometimes crossed over loved ones will come in or with a message it's just so different and I never know what to expect I do not consider myself a psychic medium uh but I can't deny the fact that I, I do receive messages from some of the loved ones that will come in that have a message
0: can you give us a couple like examples or some of the most common questions that people ask? Because to me, that would be very difficult. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, like, okay, I don't even know where to begin with some of these questions that I would even begin to ask.
1: A lot of what am I here for? You know, what am I here to do? Am I on the path that is going to get me to the main purpose of my life? Those are very common. Um, relationship problems. Uh, questions you know why am I in this relationship or you know why um uh why did this accident happen or you know mundane things so those kind of questions come in a lot more than you know other questions but some people are very very inventive and they have a vast curiosity to know, you know, their place on the earth. You know, some people say, should I move here? Should I move there? Why was I born in this state versus? Wow. You know, so it's just any question that you can possibly imagine. I have done this, as I said, uh, you know, professionally for 12 years. So I've gotten all kinds of all kinds of questions you know uh, some people have feel like they have a relationship you know this one in fact he has a unbelievable testimonial on my website this one um, uh, man that I read for and he had this relationship in the cosmos with John Lennon and so uh, I didn't know that But John Lennon came. It was just so uh, kind of bizarre how that laid itself out a lot of medical questions as well. I am able to do a scan of their body. If there's medical questions, they give me that information to see where maybe there could be an adjustment. Uh, Sometimes they give book recommendations or supplement recommendations, and sometimes it's. um, you know very practical advice for them sometimes they're kind of firm and give a course correction in you know erroneous thoughts and erroneous thinking that doesn't isn't serving them very well so you know it's uh like I said it there each experience is so unique and the experiences are so vast oh my Um, gosh very interesting
0: Is this something that um, you can do online, that you offer online, like a virtual session? Yeah,
1: I don't, I don't offer it um, where I'm looking at the person because in the records, but I do phone readings, you know, um, and I do gallery readings. So I'll gather a group of people will be gathered. And in fact, I have a couple gallery readings in May. And I love those because people get a taste of what that feels like to be in the records, but they come in. um, I have a minimum of six people and a maximum of 16 because when I first started doing them, like I would have 24 people in a room and that got to be a little too much. So I had to put a maximum uh, uh, on there, but um, they get to write one question. I guide them in the meditation and i uh, um, give them some time to ask a question and then anonymously they fold them up and they put them in a bowl and give them to me and then the masters and teachers i pick one and answer the question um and you know nobody has to know who they are right oh that's interesting do you
0: do that online as well the galleries
1: uh i want to so far, I haven't had anybody ask me to host one online, but I would love to do that. I think that would be such a great thing. I know um, when, uh, you know, lady and I were doing the, the, the Food Healing Oracle Deck uh, shows that there was a, a show that we did where she curated the questions that were coming in and would just give them to me without me knowing who they were. Uh, I opened the records um, on that podcast and was able to just, yeah, answer the questions. So,
0: oh, my gosh, yeah. okay, because I just feel like everybody now is just so curious. You know, about like their records. They want to have their questions answered. And I think that would be a really fun time to do with like a girl yeah, group. You want to you know? host
1: a <laughs> you want to host a gallery on Zoom? We can do that. That
0: would be fun. Yes. And so now where would they go? Like what is your website? Are you on social?
1: Yeah. Um, com, And um, yeah, I've been trying to get some revamping done of my website but joannasalerno.com and you can read about the records and read about craniosacral therapy and heart-centered therapy and all the things that I do um there what about the
0: craniosacral therapy do you do that uh, virtually as well
1: you know during COVID I did in fact I took a class from Upledger my my the training institute because they were starting to do that and I had some really you know very cool experiences doing it uh long distance i do um long distance healing i've done remote healing for as long as i've been a healing touch practitioner but um i really like the the hands-on except sometimes with some clients i get more information remotely it's yes, so yes you know how that works right yes it's like they're, they're not in the way with their with the walls and whatever, you just can go into their etheric realm and uh, etheric space and just pull things out.
0: And I love that you bring up healing touch because that is a healing modality that we don't hear a lot about. In fact, I went for a massage one day and the the woman was giving me a massage and I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, she is giving me Reiki. Like I can feel the healing coming out of her hands. Mm. I was like, I don't think that she even realizes that she's doing it. And I didn't know this, but when I left the, the studio or whatever that I was in, they actually had a healing touch school within that same yeah. studio. So I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, she was giving me healing touch energy. That's what it was. Like I could freaking feel it, but um, wh- how would you describe healing touch really quick for those who don't know what it
1: is? Well, it's an energetic modality. It's a biofield modality. It, it It is, it, it it addresses the 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 five layers of the energetic field as well as the chakra system it helps to release pain activate um systems within the body that might not be working kind of very it's similar but not to craniosacral therapy the difference with craniosacral therapy it's actually doing something with the body system uh healing touch can affect it but it's not um, it's not manipulating it. So Mm. there's a little bit of manipulation in terms of like, you know, when you get a massage, your body's being manipulated, right? Well, your cerebral spinal fluid is being manipulated a bit in order for it to bring back into balance with healing touch. It's just addressing the, the, the wonderful, you know, system that we have all received when you like what i learned in healing touch is illness comes in to our auric field first like the layers the our outermost layer of our auric field and if we are doing our work meditation and doing the the work to raise our vibration that illness will not be able to come into the body but it's only coming into the body when the frequency and vibration that we're holding is at a lower Hertz, you know, cause I also teach sound healing. So, you know, I teach by advanced vibrational healing courses. And that's one of the things that I teach. If you take care of this, you won't have to take care of this.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. Cause, and if anybody uh, doesn't know what she's talking about, she's saying, you take care of like your aura, you know, you take care of your energy field then it's gonna be easier to take care of this incredible vessel. That's, yes. (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh, I cannot thank you enough for sharing everything that you have shared with us. It has been amazing. I think that everybody is just like anxious now to and very excited to see like what you would say about them and their journey and what's happening. And for any of those who are really interested, I'm going to leave all of her contact information in the show notes so that you can go and visit her and learn more about it. Thank you so much, Joanna, for all of your wisdom. This has been I feel very much needed for a lot of us, because Mm -hmm. I feel like even just being in your presence and hearing what you had to say, a little bit of healing has like speckled down on us. Mm -hmm. And I I think that that. it is a sign for many of us to, we're ready to start that process now. Mm -hmm. So thank you for opening us up to
1: that. You are so welcome. I just know that the time has come for us to really, um, really be conscious of how powerful we are. The, the, job that we have for ourselves to do the purpose that we're here and why shouldn't we give ourselves every opportunity to bloom to shine our light and it starts with all of those places that right now might feel incongruent to us and like why isn't this happening for me why isn't that well it's a there's a there's a lot of meaning of as to the wise you know and an akashic record Healing and not everybody lives in my area. Find a craniosacral therapist. Do yourselves a favor if you live in Fort Myers, Florida go to a brady <laughs> sacral therapist
0: <laughs> yeah so if you're in florida man you got the hookup you go see her in person because that would be amazing i, think I have that, people going i want it all okay how many hours yeah yes you're going to be busy for a while because <laughs> you, you know us spiritual peeps we, we're holding on a lot of stuff a lot of us i, I say we keep down here enough. with advanced degrees if you will to like check off a lot of these boxes <laughs> so we need to take care of this vessel and the energy and everything. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I so thank appreciate so everything. I and so-
1: appreciate you. You are definitely just a light that continues to shine so bright. And Aww. I know so many people that follow you and go to your classes and Aww. the um, feedback that I get is just tremendous. So,
0: oh my gosh, This is so and- amazing. Well, appreciation and gratitude is one of the highest vibrating emotions. So that's the thing is that we're just vibrating so high right now. We're just so full of like that love and that gratitude. I can't stop smiling right now. Like my face freaking hurts. So thank you so much. (laughs) I'm so happy that like our journey, our paths have crossed. And those who are listening, you're part of our journey too. You're part of our little powwow too. So we hope to Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Joanna. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Spiritual AF Life podcast. You'll find all the links to resources and more in the show notes. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on the incredible episodes that are coming up.